Welcome to Hormone Health Podcast, brought to you by Georgia Hartman and Chloe Sheehan. This podcast is an extension of Hormone Health Studio, which is our naturopathic clinic based here in Newcastle and online. We're just two naturopaths who love a laugh, coffee, croissants, and conversations about real people with real health concerns. Nothing's off limits. We're here to educate you on what's happening in your body, share emerging research, and debunk buried health misconceptions. So sit back and let us do the talking. For this week's episode, we are interviewing two of my favourite clients. I you probably can't say say that. That. <laughs> Not did. two of my only two favourite clients. You shouldn't have favourites, but no. As soon as they get on the podcast, it's like top of the list. Yeah, I'll say it next week. Um, and for my other favourite clients, <laughs> no, Sam, Lauren, you guys are my faves. Um, but the reason for this is because they have shared a very interesting journey Mm -hmm. to conception um they are a same-sex couple who have undergone fertility assisted reproductive fertility um through ivf here in newcastle Mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking to them today about their journey because just like a lot of people it's not just oh we want to have a baby you know let's have an appointment let's see what happens and then we're pregnant um so i think it's going to be really fascinating for you guys to listen to and we're yeah we're really excited to get this one out i i knew bits and pieces of this journey but i was on the edge of my seat talking to them i was like what happened next (laughs) then what happened what'd you do about that it's like and they're both smiling and laughing and you think how do people go through so much and still have such a positive positive outlook? It's, they're amazing. Yeah, they really are. But before we chat to them, I thought it would be funny for everybody else to hear a little bit of my journey with booking a skin check this week. <laughs> so a bit of a backstory. When I first ever had my, I've only had one skin check, um, and that was done in Sydney, and I was really like, I, I just didn't know what it meant it's just like oh yeah lift your t-shirt up and then they have a look at your back and mm. you know you tell them if you've got any moles or whatever and so I went into this clinic in Sydney and I didn't know who I was booking in with and it was this like really attractive doctor oh, no. male doctor and he's like have you had a skin check before I was like no I haven't not by you (laughs) (laughs) and he's like okay just take your clothes off sure no problem (laughs) and I was wearing the fuggliest undies and it's like this meshy see-through bra like it looked like it was so you would have seen your nipples yeah well I I have a mole like close to my nipple anyway good to know but it was just (laughs) yeah um (laughs) maybe it is a nipple no but um, and I wanted to get that checked out but I think I was like red faced the whole time and I just wasn't I did I wasn't professional because it caught me off guard he was attractive I was in my grandma undies <laughs> with a weird bra on and you're just like in clinical lighting like imagine if you got mm. naked right now mm. you'd see every nook and cranny <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah and so I was just really scarred from that oh, but I was so also funny. scarred because I had to get something removed as oh, well really? yeah where look at that scar on my shoulder on your neck yeah um it was like a did you do it then and there no i had to come back to him yeah oh 
Yeah. Did you look nice the next time? Oh, I was just White so bad. I'd literally like agree to anything that he was sure, like. He's yeah, like, no let's problem. get it out. I was like, I scar pretty bad. Anyway, let's do it. Um, it doesn't look too bad though. Yeah, no, it's, it's okay. But uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, I really should get another skin check just because mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot about melanoma cases and prevention's really important. And I sometimes not so good with sunscreen on my shoulders, and they always get yeah, burned. I don't remember the last time I had a skin check. Actually, it was really? when we were living in Sydney. Um, the doctor wasn't attractive, but he was a really nice man. He had vitamin D liquid on his table and I thought this is my kind of doctor <laughs> look at him supporting his nutrients my doctor status. had a bit of vitamin D as well. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin D energy um anyway so I was like being really it's like I've almost turned straight edge and I was googling like who I'm gonna go to and I was like I only want a female Oh, I, I don't know why. This is so good. It's like, why am I like fearful? I just need to go in there, a confident woman with my matching or non-matching <laughs> undies and bra, whatever. Like they're just there to look at moles. Anyway, so I find myself. It's almost like it's like a dating profile. I'm, I've got all of the Newcastle skin check <laughs> clinics open, and I'm like, not him, not him. Anyway, I haven't booked it yet because I'm still. I'm sure. I so desperately want to ask you who this person was and where they're found, but I feel like we shouldn't disclose. I can't even remember. Uh, It's probably somewhere in North Sydney. That's so funny. Yeah. So anyway, go get your skin checked. And I've had my dentist. I I had a recent dentist appointment as well. So I'm like really taking things off this year. Yeah. What's next? (laughs) Manny Petty. (laughs) Hair done. The old eyebrow shaping. (laughs) <laughs> anyway enough about me and my moles and my bra and my nipples let's get into it hello thanks, thanks for having us i'm sure you said that to all your clients but we'll take the compliment yeah, my favorite clients <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you came to see me after you were sort of like I would say you've already started this sort of journey um but take us back to when it first started the contemplation of everything how you sort of got there and what those first steps sort of looked like yeah well I think we've both always wanted children um and I don't know I guess because we've been together for a while um it's something that's naturally gonna you know come up in conversation um so I think it was when was it the end of 2019 yeah um we kind of started having that conversation um and we're like yep okay let's let's go for it um so we went to the GP um got a referral um and then sought out a fertility specialist um and then yeah that was kind of the start of the our <laughs> and when we say let's, let's go for it we'll like we'll go and have an appointment with somebody yeah. but like you know if it takes a couple of months then that's cool well that was me anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't it isn't it like and I'm thinking about my own journey as well and Georgia maybe you can relate to this as well the blissful naivety mm. of how you think conception goes and and what it might look like and you know it's like okay we've got a bit of a plan we just follow the plan and then that happens um exactly yeah it'll just happen first go and I think that's why we were sort of like we'll make this initial step because then once we hit go it will happen straight away so you know we can sort of take our time 
did you have any friends because you're you are both based here in Newcastle did you have any friends who had been through the process and as a double question did you find that your options available here in Newcastle were did you feel like you had choices in in fertility specialists or those things available to you um, I think we we uh, we knew people that had gone through the whole IVF process before. No one that was a same sex couple, but you know, no one that we were particularly close to. Yeah, I'd say more acquaintances. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Yeah, friends and family that have been through it before. Um, as far as um choices, um, I don't think there was a lot because we're going down the path of um like donor sperm and things as well sort of limited our options mm-hmm. so I think there was really only two clinics in Newcastle that we basically had a choice yeah. of and purely because of the fact that we were using donor sperm one of them was sort of crossed off the list immediately so <laughs> that kind of made the decision for us yeah and it's not until you sort of start this process do you start to fall up against those hurdles yeah, exactly. Like we, well, we didn't really know how it all worked. Like it wasn't until we sort of went for that initial um, consultation um, and you sort of get on a, put on a waiting list for sperm donors and it's all like, you know, strange and exciting. Mm, it's all new and you don't really know the process until you kind of start. Um, but, you know, we're ready for it and we're like, we'll just see where it takes us and yeah, so because I mean yeah because we had no one to ask yeah. like we would like we who do we ask like we've got no idea what we do or anything like that so it was really just making that initial appointment to be like how the fuck do we have kids did you find that your GP was helpful in terms of knowing that and I'm just gonna sort of not name and shame but know that Janaea doesn't provide that um sperm donor and it's only through Hunter IVF that you can go um not really at the time um I wasn't really seeing a particular GP so I kind of just went up to you know the medical center and just kind of spoke to whoever and was like this is what we want to do and she was just like yep do you have anyone in mind and that was pretty much it Mm -hmm. didn't provide um any suggestions or anything like that um but I I kind of did a bit of my own research and said yep this is who I'm gonna go through um and obviously that was through Hunter IVF um, so that was kind of how that started. Um, and obviously I've got a, a GP now and she's um, very supportive and knows everything that's happening. Um, but that, that was pretty much how it started. Yeah, um, and it and- wasn't until we sort of we spoke to somebody that um, sort of suggested seeing Janaea and we made an appointment um, from their suggestion and that was sort of how we discovered that, like, okay, well, yeah. they're another option but for us. It's, it's not really an option kind of thing. They did yeah. have um, donor sperm available, but there wasn't much. They said, look, you could you could be waiting for six months and you get to the top of the list and you've got one option. There's not There wasn't really much of a list really to begin with. So we're like, no, that kind of, um, we'll take that off the list and we'll go with Hunter IVF. In comparison, what's I'd love to know what Hunter IVF's waiting list was like. Did they give you like a time frame with a certain amount of months or how does that work? Yeah, so when we had our very first appointment, um, we joined the wait list. And I think at the time um, it, it was only like six to eight weeks, the the wait list. That was pretty wow. Um, yeah, so, so we got to the top really quickly. But after that first initial appointment that we had, we were like, 
actually, let's wait a few months because we didn't think the process would happen so quickly. They basically mm. said, um, yeah, as soon as you're on the top of the wait list, you can start a cycle. And we, yeah, we decided we'd wait a few months um, because we we didn't think things would, yeah, kind of start happening so quickly. Yeah. Um, so it was good. So when we were ready, we were already at the top of the list. And you probably didn't take into account just a little pandemic that was about to no. occur as well. You know, like that wasn't really in your plans. No. Well, we like to um, have our plates full, so we decided to do it as it started. <laughs> yes, yes perfect. Nice. Yeah, great timing. It kind of worked out yeah. well because we're like, you know, no one's going on holidays, you're not doing anything extravagant, yeah. so we're like, well, I guess we'll just sink our money into IBM. <laughs> yeah, why not? Forget a European holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I know this as your naturopath but I would love for you to talk us through what those conversations look like between you both about egg and who was going to use what egg and who was going to carry you know and in terms of those conversations how how did that go and did it cause any rifts or was it quite an easy sort of decision initially initially it was super easy yeah um I didn't want to get pregnant at all I was like maybe eventually that's something that I'd think about I want a baby but I don't want to physically have a baby um so I was like Sam you're it I yeah. <laughs> um and we'd done sort of a bit of fertility testing um initially as well and obviously found out that Sam had a really low AMH and she'd got endo and a few other bits and pieces going on so we're basically like well if anyone's going to do it now, like it kind of has to be you. Like, so that's, I guess, how we made that decision. Yeah. Initially. And I mean, I, I always wanted to be pregnant mm-hmm. um, and carry a baby. So we're like, yep, I'll go first. We'll see what happens. And we'll just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and turned happened? into a long process. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we were very naive thinking, oh, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but it was an easy decision to begin with. Yeah, to begin with it was, definitely. <laughs> um, so I think in total I've done three full cycles of IVF. Mm. Um, so I think the first one was in 2021. Actually, I did two in 2021. Um, and, yeah, obviously um they don't jump the gun either. oh yeah sorry don't jump the gun <laughs> um so do you want me to go through the, the yeah tell us a little bit I, I guess you know that initial appointment that you had you had the understanding yep you get Sam's going to go through the process of the stimulation cycle um and I, I don't want to sound like you know using the word hurdles so I'm happy to use whatever that is best for you but like in terms of what was what did you come up against um, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can laugh about it now. Yeah, yeah but they do. Try. No, they do Control what we response, do. Georgia. Yeah, we just laugh through our. Yeah, we do exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as Loz said, I've got endometriosis and um a low AMH. Um, so obviously going into the first cycle, I was thinking, who knows what's going to happen. Um, and I think we we did the injections. So we had almost two weeks of injections, um, had a trigger injection um, prior to egg collection. 
um, did the egg collection. And I think I got 14 eggs, which I was pretty surprised with considering mm. my, I think my AMH at the time was under seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite low, like for my age. Um, and I think out of the 14, we got five mature. So more than half dropped off, which is a little bit disappointing. So after that, they inseminated the donor sperm. Um, I think they, from memory, I think they all fertilised overnight. Um, And then after waiting five days, I think we had two left over. So out of the 14, obviously, that's a little bit disappointing, but Mm. we only had five mature. So out of five, you know, two's not so bad, I guess. Um, and we did the transfer, so five days after the collection, the quality wasn't great. So we had nothing to freeze. Yeah, the doctor basically said they're not great quality. We can't freeze any, but we can do a fresh transfer and see if it works. Um, so we did the transfer. I think we did a blood test about 12 days later. Um, and it did come back with, um, a level of HCG. So I think it was 27 or something. Mm. So um, that didn't progress. So I ended up having a chemical pregnancy, which on our first round, I thought, okay, well, that's that's something. You know, that, that's a positive. Kind of get pregnant. Mm. Yeah, like obviously something's <laughs> happened. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and it's your way of like, mm. you know, trying to you like, I guess for me, thinking about that it's sort of like okay yep we still we've still got a journey mm-hmm. to go so yeah. we'll take the positives out of that and you know move mm-hmm. on to the next stage yeah yeah and I think at first as well <clears throat> you talk about going into things so naive at the beginning we were sort of like oh you know but people try for years before they go to IVF like and again this is completely in hindsight <laughs> that I'm yeah. saying this and back then well, years um, ahead <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, then I suppose when Sam had the chemical pregnancy, we were disappointed, but we were like, yeah, but that was just our trial run. Like the next go, like it's going to work, you know. We don't, yeah, you've got endo, but, like, it's it's fine. It'll happen. Like we were just so, like, we'll have a baby by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong by thinking that way, but it's just for some for some people that, it happens. Yeah, that is the story. <clears throat> so it's like you just don't know until you sort of go through it. Exactly. Sam, how, how long did you guys wait until you were ready to look at doing another cycle? I think we did it pretty quickly. I think it was only maybe two months. Um, so we did did the next one two months later. And, again, I had a really good outcome with the, the egg collections. I think we got 17 that time. Again, I was like, that's, you know, the, the nurses were very surprised. Um, and I think, what do we have, 17 and then 10 um, fertilised. Okay. Which were like, okay, this is better than last time. Um, but, again, over the five days, you know, they, the quality wasn't great. Um, the numbers dropped off and, again, didn't have anything to freeze. We did one fresh transfer um, and that was unsuccessful after the blood test. Um, so it's it's a bit of a roller coaster when you think, oh, I've, I've got this low AMH, but then I'm getting these great numbers, so it gives you like a false sense of, 
oh, you know, this is a positive outcome, it's going to be really good. And then at the end of it, you've got nothing to freeze and the fresh mm. transfer doesn't work. How did so you feel like mm. it being your body going through this and Lauren, as somebody supporting Sam, how did you feel in terms of did you take on more of the comforting role or were you able to feel disappointed as well? Um, I definitely felt disappointed, but I suppose as the support person during Sam's particular time doing the process, I felt like it was my job to be the positivity throughout it all and to be like, you know, it's okay. You know, they say that IVF is very diagnostic. Each cycle we're getting closer to an, an outcome that we want sort of thing. So I sort of, I guess, hid my disappointment mm-hmm. A lot more, like and I, let, and let I was Sam sort of, yeah, oh, yeah. Sam sort of yeah. upset throughout it. Yeah, even though I was, but you know, I just felt like one of us had to sort of hold it together. If that makes sense, mm. completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you, in terms of um, your recommendations, any further testing during this time? A little bit. So I had to push my doctor to give me a test to um, test my natural killer cells just because I'd done some research about it and I thought, well, why don't I test for this? This could be something. Um, And he basically said we can test for it and we will if you want to, but it's not something that you really test for unless you've had three failed cycles. And I just thought, why would you not test that straight away? It's a blood test. It's a blood test. I think it costs $200. In the scheme of things, when you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars, yeah. Why wait to waste all this other money when it could be an easy fix? Yeah. Um, and it turned out that I did have high natural killer cells. Um, so that was, you know, obviously something that may not have been avoided, but I could have done something about the, the results of the other cycles potentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was definitely something that I wish, um, you know, doctors would more routinely test for without having me having to ask them to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the hard thing, isn't it? Because often you have to fit a category and whether that's recurrent pregnancy loss or whether it's trying for more than 12 mm-hmm. months, you know, whatever that category is, but not until you hit that mark do they go, okay, let's investigate. And that's like, mm. whoa, like whoever mm. made the rule about you have to have three pregnancy losses before you can like do further testing obviously hasn't experienced pregnancy loss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and especially when it is something as simple as a blood test or, or mm. something like that you can I guess understand to an extent if it was something more invasive but yeah a blood test it's like just do it do for it me, initially you know for me I remember like my first initial specialist appointment I was like and hello and my name's yeah. Chloe like my fourth specialist I was like and I want this test and if you can sign <laughs> yeah. here and I want this medication thank you very yeah. much and yeah. I have an ultrasound <laughs> Right here, right now. Like, but you just, have to be like that sometimes. You've got to advocate for yourself because you no, one else is, no one else is going to do it. And, and, it's you, like, and then you're on first name basis. You're yeah. like, yeah, see you, Gab. Yes, see you. <laughs> 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 I think because it gets so complex and there's so like millions of factors that come into play that it can be hard. Like you kind of you kind of have to have a responsibility there to go, okay, this is my health, this is my body, this is our journey. Like this is our money. This is our money. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yep. So it's yeah, but hard nonetheless when you have to start researching yourself, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. And I think Sam had to remind me of that 
plenty of times throughout where I'd be like, oh, you know, should we ask this? And she's like, we're fucking paying $12,000 for a cycle. Like we can uh, we can put them out and ask this yes, question. Sam. I don't care if they're uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. So true. So yeah. hang on, we've spoken about two cycles. Did you say you did yeah. a third? Yes. Um, so after the second cycle, um, our doctors basically said, look, you've obviously got endometriosis. When was your last surgery? So he suggested having another surgery because I think at that point it, it had been about five or six years since I'd had a surgery and he said, um, you know, uh, if you have laparoscopy, a lot of the times afterwards um, is a good time to to try and get pregnant. Um, and, I mean, obviously everyone's different, but it can be you can have positive outcomes basically because um, that part of your body is less, um, there's less inflammation and, you know, you're more susceptible kind of to to get pregnant. So I was like, okay, cool, we'll do that. So we did that. And then I think it was probably about three months later that I did my third cycle. Um, but also in between these cycles, we changed our donor sperm a few times as well because he basically said, look, it might not be you, it could be the, the sperm. But obviously it, it didn't make a difference between those few cycles. So we did the third cycle. Um, I think this time we got five eggs. So the the nurses and the doctors basically said they're more the numbers that we would expect you to get with your low AMH. So got the five eggs. And then I think prior to this cycle, I'd been on a few extra medications. So I think I'd been taking a supplement called DHEA um for a few months and that's supposed to help with your egg quality so I think I, yeah I think I was on that for about two or three months um anything for the natural killer cells yeah I was on um prednisone mm-hmm. I can't remember how long for I think that was a few weeks prior to the cycle um as well and I was on Clexane mm-hmm. um because I'd also been told that I had um, a genetic abnormality with the MTHFR gene. Um, you, so at this point, you're like, thing. add it to the list. Yep. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and Flip the, the uh, factor five laden um, blood clotting mm-hmm. thing. Would you <laughs> think that, like, your vocabulary would be so medically literate? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. going through this journey I still don't know what half of it is but yeah. but I've got it <laughs> yeah pretty much you're like if it's an acronym I've got it yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah going up to that last cycle there was I guess a fair bit involved quite the cocktail yeah. yeah there was a lot I felt like I was just taking 20 tablets a day basically yeah. um <clears throat> but yeah so we got the five eggs um, and I think after five days, we had two left over and we went into the transfer and, you know, thinking, oh, you know, has has the quality improved? We're not sure. And the doctor said, yes, it has. He was like, yeah, it's, it's good quality, you know, but we decided we're going to do a double transfer. And <clears throat> with the two remaining eggs, did the transfer, um, waited the two weeks, did the blood test and still negative. So that was really, really mm. disappointing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just when you're putting your body through so much, yeah. you just expect the return. You know, yeah. you're doing all these things, you're being so proactive, but yes. it's just like Getting this the is testing. The, the, the 
frustrating thing. It's like in, in most things in life, you work hard and you, you get, get your it. reward. Yeah. But when it yeah. comes to fertility, it's just like, yeah, it's like no. Nah, nah. Yeah. You, you're trying to do all the right things. You're eating healthy, you're exercising, you're sleeping enough, you're taking vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it, it is really disappointing to, to go through all of that. And it is. It's, it's hard on your body. Like it, you're pumping yourself full of hormones and you're responding to the hormones, but your body's just not quite doing what it feels like it should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so it's very disappointing. And um, at this point think, it's 2021, right? It's the um, end of 2021? I think I think the last cycle was the start of 2020. 20, sorry, yeah, end of 2020, start of 2021. Uh, no, it was we did two cycles in 2021. Yeah. And then one cycle in 2022. 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Quite a journey already. So yes. <laughs> then what happened next? Because it's like you know, you've had your three cycles and yes. just, yeah. you know, you're thinking, okay, well, what do we do then? What do we do? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the third one was basically the decider yeah. where we sort of had decided that was this last cycle that Sam was going to do with her eggs. Mm -hmm. And it was the last one where we were sort of like, okay, now we're starting to feel exhausted because, you know, like what people don't understand with IVF and just trying to conceive in general is that just because you're not doing a cycle that particular month, it doesn't stop. Like it is just relentless, like just mentally and emotionally plus physically on your body. Um, financially yeah financially so we'd gotten to that third one and again <clears throat> obviously like for me as well it was disappointing that we didn't weren't pregnant yet and everything like that and I was like well how about I give it a go I'm still not having the baby but I'll give it a go with my <laughs> with my eggs mm-hmm. and Sam was happy to do that because she you know really wanted to be the one to carry our baby so mm-hmm. Um, that was the plan for our fourth cycle. We were yeah. going to do a reciprocal cycle where we would use my egg and Sam would still try and get pregnant because we thought, well, maybe it is, I hate to say it, maybe mm. it is something with your eggs. Let's give me a go. Yeah. And the doctor didn't say that. He he was like, I'm happy if, if you do want to try another cycle. But he said, but I would suggest that you move on to a donor egg. Um, and we'd kind of had that conversation already. Um, so that was pretty much it for us. You know, if he's suggesting it, then obviously it's, you know, we're not really getting anywhere. Yeah. So we'd come to that point anyway. So I think it was, so that, that was the start of 2022 and then the end of, cause we had, that was probably our longest break between cycles, I think yeah. was 2022. Um, and I think that's when you came to see me. Yeah. Before the yeah. fourth cycle. Yeah, that was. So we went to start our fourth cycle with me doing the injections. Like I'd gotten all the medication. We were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um and and I'd I'd had to prepare my body as well in the lead up to that cycle. Yeah. We had to sync our cycles. Yeah. So I was on medication again um to try and suppress my cycle until Roz was basically ready to start hers so I think I've been on medication for about three or four weeks in the lead up to Loz's cycle yeah (laughs) just amazing what you can do (laughs) so we we were all ready to start and then um I had like a really like I don't know like 
like pain in my neck. Did you say you had like a husky voice or you said you felt like Yeah, it was just like, like I'd had like a cold or something like a couple of months before. So I didn't really think anything of it. And I was like, oh, I'll go to the GP like and just get it checked (laughs) out. And when it had a blood test and they were like, oh, you've got um, subacute thyroiditis. And I was like, what? the hell is that games on google just like going i'll research hang on let me just check my list is that on my list so it's basically just an inflammation of your thyroid gland Mm. like it's pretty innocent like it resolves on itself like on its own sort of thing um but it can make your tsh levels fluctuate go up and down obviously they're very important for trying to conceive Mm -hmm. um and it can take 12 to 18 months before they regulate so i was like Cool. We'll add that to the list. <laughs> and um, I think at the time my my TSH levels were really um, like o- overactive. So they were too, yeah, okay. like, too high or whatever. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll wait till next month. So we waited for the next month. They were like, all right, Sam, will you just continue on your medication? We'll still continue to suppress yeah. your period. So you just keep taking your meds and we'll just wait. So that sort of went on for like a good three or four months of me just getting blood tests it was too high or too low so I had to wait so we had to put it off again um yeah but I think at that point um they were kind of like oh look you probably shouldn't be on the medication for that long a month or two is fine um so they took me off the medication and were like okay I guess if if we do go forward um we'll, we'll start again or we'll just do a frozen a frozen yeah. cycle basically yeah yeah so it was during this time that we were like well like my thyroid levels I just can't get them to regulate like I didn't really want to go on medication or anything like that I was like you know hopefully they just sort themselves out and I was like doing a bit of googling come across Georgia on Instagram and I was like okay I was like maybe like we need to see a naturopath like maybe we're not like because I was in this time as well I'd be seeing doctors every month and I'd be like what else can I be doing to get my mm. thyroid levels to go down and they'd be like nothing absolutely nothing you just have to wait and I was mm. like that can't be right <laughs> um so yeah that was basically where we where we were at when we come to see you Chloe yeah um and you were like there's lots of things that you can be doing. <laughs> I was like, do you have a water filter? <laughs> yeah. It's like, how much coffee are you drinking? <laughs> so that was basically where we'd sort of overhauled our, I guess, entire lifestyles to an extent to just try and, you know, eat a bit better and, like, cut plastics out and, and do those mm. bits and pieces. And, um, yeah, we, like, I mean, overall, like, that really helped us. So we did all that. Um, and then I think around the same time, because, <clears throat> I mean, it's a bit of a funny story. But because I like had this thyroid thing, I was constantly like obsessed with it. And like, because it was like an inflammation thing, I'd be always touching my neck. And like one day I said to Sam, let me feel yours. And I was touching her neck and I was like, yours actually feels really swollen too. And I was like, like yours feels more like swollen than mine. And I was like, maybe you should go get it checked out. And she's like, nah, it's always been I've always had a fat neck. That's just just how it is. (laughs) And I was like, it just, like, I I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, I really think you should just go and get it checked out. So um, I guess this is where 
like a spanner was really thrown in the works. (laughs) (laughs) So Sam went to get her neck checked out and had an ultrasound or whatever. Um, And then... Well, you can continue on. With I, still remember, I still remember getting this email. I was like, what? <laughs> we just be updating you like every week with all like, of our okay. ailments. Hi, Chloe. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. yesterday. So Sam's been to the doctors and Sam. Chloe's probably like, surely we're taking the piece, right? Yeah. Like. <laughs> no. I was very invested. Sam, tell, me, tell us what, what that looks like in terms of your thyroid investigations. Yeah, so we um I went and got an ultrasound and they were like, look, it's probably fine. Like it's it's a nodule, um, probably fine. But due to the size of it, um, we recommend that you go get a biopsy. So I was like, okay, I'll go get a biopsy. Got the biopsy. It came back as atypical. So they were like, it's not benign, it's not malignant, it's not, I don't know, there's about four or five different categories. But basically... Most of the sample was fine, but there was a few cells that they were just a bit iffy about. Um, but they're like, it's it's probably fine. Anyway, he was like, you should get it probably taken out just due to the size of it. It's not going to get any smaller. It's only ever going to get bigger. And obviously, if you're trying to get pregnant due to hormones, that's going to make it bigger as well. So I'd made the decision, yeah, I'll just get it taken out. Um, just, just the half. It was yeah. only one side. So I went to a surgeon, got that side taken out. Um, and then I think I had my follow-up that two weeks later, um, and Loz didn't come with me. I just went by myself because I was like, oh, they've said multiple times, probably fine. Mm. It wasn't fine. Um, it came back as, um, thyroid cancer. So I think it was papillary thyroid, um, follicular variant. I'm not really sure. Um, (laughs) there's, there's that many different kinds that you can get. Um, but they were like, look. Obviously, you don't want to get cancer, but if you're going to get it, this, you know, it's a really good success rate and um, that's the one you want. Not that you want cancer, but, that's, yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's the most treatable kind of one. Um, yeah, so obviously I wasn't expecting that after all the – I'd seen about three or four different doctors, you know, with ultrasounds, biopsies, the surgery. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a bit of a – a bit of a shock. Um, I think I did end up calling you because I think I had messaged you to be like, yeah, because I was taking a while. I was taking, you know, you think these <laughs> these appointments are you going to be in and out within fifteen minutes? I've been over an hour, so yeah. I think well, she was like, like you were getting lunch. Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think I spoke to you on the phone on the way home and just said, look, this is this is what's happened, um, and you're obviously not expecting that, like not at all. Yeah, I was pretty upset about it, as you can yeah. imagine. So, yeah. yeah, it was really fun. So just another thing to add to our, our growing list of ailments. And, <laughs> and like you said, it's like you can laugh about it now, yeah. but at that time you're just like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like yeah. is this yeah. really, you know, like however long ago you guys were excited to be pregnant in a couple of months and then it's just like, yeah. And how it came about, like, like the blue, like it wasn't a blood test and your thyroid was out of whack and then that went on for investigations. It was like And you had yeah, your so you've got a fat neck. Yeah, <laughs> so so random. Random. Yeah. Your own personal doctor doing an examination yeah. on I mean, your neck. The chances we've both got something wrong with our thyroid at the same time. Like you just 
Yeah, it was just crazy. But I just think we still, I mean, and still to this day, you know, we always try and look on the positive side. And, like, I remember listening to, I think it was Robin Birkin's podcast, um, Fertility Warriors, and she's like, fertility treatments are very diagnostic. Mm, She's like, you will find things out about your body that you never would have found out anyway that you weren't expecting, blah, blah. And I was like, well. That's so true. true. And, and I, just, yeah. I just think if we weren't doing all this, would we have ever found out or would we have found mm. out in 10 years' time or yeah. things exactly. like that? So mm. we sort of still look at it from that perspective, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, I could have had this for years mm. um, and not known about it because I said, oh, it's always been like that. But <laughs> And it felt like it had been, but who knows, I could have had this for the last five years and not known because they said it's very slow growing type of cancer so mm, yeah it's just it's lucky that we found it yeah so how did you tell your fertility specialist or what was what how did that influence your next sort of decision in terms of egg collection and you know you're both dealing with your thyroids at the moment well I think that um pretty much from there I had basically been like we'd seen you a few months prior to that Chloe and we were doing like our bits and pieces of trying to implement you know better lifestyle choices and things to influence our fertility outcomes I guess um my levels still just weren't quite right for them to let me do a cycle so once Sam got her diagnosis I was like you're not doing anymore I was like mm-hmm. you are I forbid you from doing <laughs> just, I was like you have been through way too much you're not doing it again. Like I'm, I'll, I will try and have this baby. Um, so I was already going to do the cycle for the egg collection anyway. And I was like, just put me on medication. Like, let's just get these thyroid levels in check and I'll do, I'll do the cycle next month or, or whatever. So I guess that helped again to make our decision for the next step because like, I sort of got my shit sorted and was like, yeah, I'll just go on medication then and get it happening. Hmm. Um, so I think from there, that was when I started my cycle, wasn't it? So I did yeah. that. And um, where are we? Are we, this is last year, 2022, probably. So when all this started, it was about then. By the time I got to actually doing the cycle, it was the start of this year. Yeah. yeah. So I had my my right side of my thyroid taken out in February um yeah so it was kind of end of last year that we were oh yeah we'll start doing it then I had my issues mm-hmm. um and yeah so I think it was about April yeah the start um, of the year that we finally yeah so I, I ended up having to get the other side of my thyroid taken out because mm-hmm. it came back as cancer they were like you can't leave the other side in there just in case it's on yeah. that side as well um so yeah I had to have a full thyroidectomy you know we had lots going on and at the same time <laughs> and I think in true Sam and Loz style we were like well let's do the cycle at the same time that you have your surgery <laughs> the sisters. you did not yeah. no you did yeah so okay so I think that's around March or something yeah isn't it? my it was February and April that I had the two sides yeah out. so it might have been in March that I did the cycle yeah. oh my did, goodness did the egg collection um, and I was like on the opposite end of the spectrum that I know of didn't have any fertility issues mm. that I knew of, you know, endo or anything like that. Mm. My AMH was fairly high, I guess. Um, we were opposite ends of the spectrum. Mine was seven. Hers was like 36. So yeah. like, but I mean, 
and I mean, as you girls would know, like that doesn't mean anything. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. So exactly. we yeah. still were sort of, and of course, by this point, um, we were trying to be confident, but it was a little bit harder now. Mm. Um, but anyway, I went in, responded really well to the um, the medications. And I remember going to my first <laughs> ultrasound. She's like, oh, do you feel like bloated or anything like that? And I was like, nah, I feel fine. Like, I don't feel anything. And she, and I was like, maybe it's just not working. And she put the ultrasound on my belly or whatever. And she's like, oh my God. She's like, look at all these follicles. She's like, how do you not feel that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> And she's like, we were all talking about it today. How many follicles you had? She's like, and they were counting them. And how many, like, did I have? I think it was 40 something. Yeah, it was like a right, overachiever. Yeah, yeah overachiever. <laughs> overachiever. I was like, oh, okay. Like, invite me to dinner first. That's a good sign. <laughs> um, so, yeah, responded really well to that. Had the egg collection. And I, I remember waking up from the collection and looking at my hand and it said 20 and still counting. And I was like, oh, I was like, I wonder like what that means. <laughs> like, I ended up having 22 and I was like, you couldn't have just counted that two while I was here. <laughs> for people who may not know, when you go through an egg collection, they write on your hand how many follicle, how many eggs you've collected so that you can see immediately. Like, yeah. That's yeah. the weirdest thing though. Like I Why? think, that, I don't know, because it's like it's like that's the number. Like I don't know. It's, yeah, you're given like this like. Yes, yeah. I don't know. It feels weird that that's the way they do it. Yeah, yeah, kind of is because you're like, you know, it's on there for show. Like anybody else in there for the same thing. It's like, oh, what's your number? Yeah, you're like, oh, nothing. Yeah. 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 I didn't get a number. Hand is under the blanket. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, then, yeah, keep going. So, yeah, I got 22 eggs, which we were stoked about. We were like, oh, well, you know, we could be on here. Like, um, and then I can't remember. I think they all fertilised. Mm. I think, but yeah, I think they, most of them did. Yeah, but they didn't all sort of survive till the end, kind of thing. And I remember they said, um, they were like, oh, the quality isn't, you know, what we would want. And I just remember thinking, oh, you're joking. So <laughs> this is what it feels like, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's so disappointing. You think you've got so many there, and it's just so disappointing them to say that. And then it got to like two days before, um, sorry backtrack a little bit I wasn't allowed to do a fresh transfer either because of risk of um overstimulation so I had to freeze them anyway mm -hmm. so if I got to a point like Sam did where I had nothing to freeze I mean it would have just been such a waste of yeah a cycle basically so it got to like just say Saturday was the end day it got to like the Thursday and the um like the embryologist rang me and she's like, oh, look, we've got two left. And I was like, two out of 20? And she's like, and like they're developing, but we're just not sure. It's really 50-50 at the moment as to whether or not they'll survive the next two days. And I was like. It's like those phone calls are just like, it's so hard to not just think, oh, okay, well, yeah, numbers game. Yeah, exactly. And you just think you just like but why like why didn't it why, why didn't it work like why did I get all them and now they're not even like that great like mm. um so on the Friday she rang again she's like you know still the same situation we'll keep looking at them but you know basically it's not looking great um anyway rang us on the Saturday morning I remember me and Sam had just been in for our swim and we saw a ring and we're like oh here's our, here's our phone call <laughs> and she's like 
good news you've got two beautiful embryos we can freeze them and I was oh like oh god. my god I was like mm. I was I like I, that was really the most emotional I felt throughout the whole process yeah. I was like that's just such good news because mm. it's not it's not a negative pregnancy result yet like you're yeah. still like in the game kind of things so yeah. I guess just, after you know the shit times we had the, the previous few months it was like yes we've finally got some positive news yeah and god we needed it yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so yeah. we had two to freeze and and that was great I was like um okay cool so next month I can do a transfer so that's what we did we did a transfer the following month I did a frozen transfer and it was for some reason I don't really know why it was a medicated cycle so he put me on um like progesterone and that yeah okay yeah which like I didn't really know why but I didn't think to question it either Mm. um I hadn't done a cycle before, so I was kind of like, well, why do I need to go on medication? But anyway, you just do what they say because they're the specialists. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so did that. Um, it was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty disappointing, but we still had one Yeah. in the freezer kind of thing. So, you know, we still were sort of like on a, on a, on a high because we were like, yeah, but, again, that was my practice go, so we're still sweet. So I think then I was kind of in the mindset of like, while we've still got one there, it hasn't failed. And yeah. that kind of made me prolong the process in a way. I was like, oh, well, maybe we'll just have a month off mm-hmm. now. Because I think that was my way of like coping because oh, while it's still there, I haven't used it and it hasn't not worked. Yeah. These so- sorts of things really bring to light your not just your, but like generally people's coping mechanisms and whether that's something that's benefiting you or or good or something that you need to work on. And I know personally that it's just like, okay, I've got some interesting coping mechanisms, but (laughs) you know, it's just, you're so vulnerable and you're just like, okay, so this is what I do when I'm feeling nervous or anxious or yeah. So did you end up taking that month break? Yeah, I think it was was a, a month or two. Because we actually, yeah, we were, two months, yeah, because yeah, we were like, we were just at the point then just with all Sam's things and everything that had happened, we just went, fuck it, with life and yeah. just went off, sorry, Chloe, stopped taking our yeah. supplements. <laughs> no. Stopped, stopped having our veggie sticks before every meal. <laughs> yeah. um, You're like, I'm going to drink we... tap water. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually didn't go that far. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, we went over to Bali for a week and just like, yeah, we were just like, we're just going to let Eat, our hair drink, down, do whatever we want, do whatever yeah. we want. And yeah. then when we get back, we'll reassess. Mm. So literally we got back from Bali and I think we did like I got my period like the next week or something like that. <laughs> and um I was like, oh, you know, fuck it, let's just do it. Like let's just mm-hmm. do it now while we're sort of not even really thinking about it too much and just see yeah. what happens. Like, um, so yeah, we did the next cycle and I did a natural cycle that time. I was yeah. like, I don't know why you put me on medication. Like, just let me see if my body, like, you know. Yeah. lets me do something without anything kind of mm-hmm. thing without any help so yeah did the we did the next I think it was about June yeah did the next June, cycle June yeah yep. yep your last your last frozen embryo yeah yep. and in this time as well we had kind of had conversations about where like we were at the point where we were like where do we draw the line here and mm. and sort of say 
that's that's mm. it what like, happens if this one doesn't work yeah we're kind of like do we do another cycle oh but then the next cycle might be the one or like how long do you keep yeah. doing that for? gosh they're exactly. tough conversations yeah. yeah because you don't know like yeah. what if the next one is the one and it's like well yeah. how many times do you do that yeah, yeah. it's always yeah. going to be a what if what yeah. if this time what if that time yeah, so we didn't necessarily it. know that we were done but we had started having those conversations mm. okay what's the next step so yeah that was a bit of a, even though we were like, yeah, like I said, got back from holidays, we had let our hair down. We're like, let's just see what happens. It was also kind of like, I don't know, it was a bit of a turning point for a way for us, yeah, in a way, so. I should say. Yeah. That's where we are So. Cycle. <laughs> so you did a natural cycle, had your two-week wait, and then you would have had to, did you do a pregnancy test before or did you wait until... I want to know who waits. Like, who yeah, waits and, like, can't, like. Me. No, not me. Not really. You're goody two shoes. No, no. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I don't wait. No. I'm, oh. like, I got to the point that I was, like, opening pregnancy tests. Like, it was like I was hiding something. I was, like, opening because I was, like, fearful that Will's going to think I'm, like, addicted to doing pregnancy tests. I'm, like, <laughs> trying to open it really quietly and, like, test and just, like, it was yeah. became this weird obsession. I was, like, I'll just do one more. It's like me with a block of chocolate and I'm, like, no one can hear. I don't want to share it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, okay, so you tested at home. Yeah, we did test at home. And we, yeah. like, I was the same. I think everybody does. Like, you become so obsessive with, like, Googling, like, you know, oh, can you be pregnant and it be a negative test? Like, yes, you know, like, exactly. I, and I so you'd walk downstairs. I was like, yep, yeah, okay, left boob hurt. I'll walk down those stairs again and see if it does, you know, you're just, sort of thinking like, okay, yes. you're just looking for any sort of sign. Like, yeah, yeah. So we did, because um, I remember the first cycle that I did, we did the pregnancy test and I was like very, very hopeful and turned it over and it was just nothing. Yeah. And I was just so deflated because I was like not even a little bit pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then this time we waited as long as I possibly could. I think it was like what? A week. Yeah, a week. I think it was about seven days. <laughs> yeah, seven okay, days. Past ovulation. So I was pretty early still. But I was like I haven't had any sort of medication to skew the test either. So, you know, I was like, let's just do it. So I did the test. I remember we flipped it over and we're like, we'll walk in and we'll look at it together. And we walked into the bathroom, flipped the test over, and I was like, negative again. And I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And I remember I walked out and Sam was like, faint wine. And I was like, give that to you. <laughs> and, like, I had a look it and was I was really like, faint, but it was, was there. Like, yeah, it kind of looks like it is. And I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> now what? <laughs> yeah, we were kind of just like in shock. We were like, even though, like, obviously that's what you want to happen. I'm yeah. Still, you're sort of just like used to it not. Mm, by the yeah. It's like, oh, negative, yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So I think yeah. we did like. I don't know, we probably tested every day after that. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily getting darker. So I was yeah. like, well, what does that mean? Um, but I was like, well, you know, as far as we know, I'm pregnant. Like, that's a good sign. I've got yeah. a couple more days and we get the blood test. Um, so oh when in. Oh, God, they're the most anxious days. Oh, they are. And you're just, like, waiting by the phone. I went in to get the blood test. Sam was at work like the clinic rang me and she was like, oh, are you with Sam? And I was like, like, even though I kind of knew that. You're like, like why? Here's my date birth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, no, she's at work, blah, blah. 
Um, and she's like, well, I just want to say congratulations, you're pregnant. And like, even though I already knew, like, I was just like, <laughs> like, just yeah. broke down in the car. And I'm like, oh, I'm the most emotional person. Yeah. So I was like, where did this come from? Like, that's those hormones for you. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. All right. Um, so yeah, that was like, it was just, we were so, so, so excited. And then like, I guess then the anxiety kicks in about like your next one and your next yeah. checkup and everything like that. So those yeah. nurses just become like closer than family. Yeah. 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 Well, we've been dealing with them for, you know, close to three years. So yeah. you know them on a first name basis. Like they yeah. really are like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Like, you know, because they're, they're anxious. They're waiting for that result as well. So it was, yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah. And I remember the nurse that rang, she was like, we were so happy when we saw your blood test results come in today. She's like, we're all cheering for you as blah, blah, blah. So it was just, it was really nice. So yeah, that was like the best phone call ever to get. And Georgia and I obviously know, but for people listening, where are you now? What has this obviously been a positive story that's continued? Give us an update of what's happening right now. Well, yes, we're very, very happy to say that I'm currently 27 weeks pregnant. So, yes, sitting here just trying to cover my big belly. I'm so happy for you both. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a very long time coming. Yeah, so, yes, we are stoked. It's um, so far been a happy ending to, you know, I guess. A roller coaster. It's like a Christmas movie. (laughs) and I'm not an emotional person I'm just like yeah I just it's beautiful yeah and I remember emailing you both just being like I know this feels very vulnerable for me to ask if you would share your story but considering what you've both been through to have that out there for somebody either in the same position to listen to and to just be like you know, it's fine to be naive, but it's also okay to be resilient and go through the everything to get through to hear where you are now. Yeah. And it's also yeah. fine to go and fill someone else's thyroid just in case <laughs> because you just don't know how diagnostic that might be. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Don't hold back to feel your partner's neck. You shouldn't <laughs> laugh about it. It's just phenomenal. Like I, I look at you both sitting there smiling and I'm like, how? how well you just like you just do you just yeah. get on with it like what other choice do you have yeah exactly and that's that's true what are you gonna do just sit down and cry and worry it's like I still worry about it but yeah it's I can't do anything about it so yeah. I'm just gonna keep going yeah and yeah. now it's now that we're like we've got a, something else to focus our energy yeah. on it's yes. like we don't want to waste it worrying about things that we can't change you know yeah, yeah. and how have you felt throughout your pregnancy pretty good actually <laughs> I hate to brag yeah. like the first trimester like I don't think anybody gets out of that too scot-free like that's a bit rough some of those days um but yeah by about I don't know what like 18-ish weeks I guess like mm-hmm. I pretty much felt back to relative yeah. normal like which is nice just really tired <laughs> and you ran um you both did you both run city to surf 
Oh, oh, no. No. <laughs> I did that. I think I was like, I hadn't even, I did it with my sister. Hey, you were right on 12. I was 12 oh, weeks. Goodness. I hadn't yeah. even told anybody Not yet. Not even shocked. And my, I remember my sister was like, why? Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you going so slow? Like, because I was just like, oh, I just want to take it easy today. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm a bit tired. Like, she's like, oh, okay, it's weird. But like, why? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you hadn't told her yet? No, no, we yeah. hadn't told, like, we waited well and truly until, you know, we'd had yeah. the 12-week scan. I think it was about 13 or 14 weeks before we yeah. sort of even told our families. So, well, I had told you, Chloe, but that was literally <laughs> We are family. Yeah, I'm family. I'm basically yeah. aunties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And can I ask, like, as someone who initially had said, you know, I don't necessarily want to birth a baby, I don't necessarily want to be pregnant, how does it feel now? Like, do you feel like the coin has flipped or are there nerves? Like, how are you feeling? 200%. Like, I went from, I think with Sam's stuff, that changed my mindset to be like, okay, well, I'm doing this yeah. and I want a baby as well, so I'm, yeah. I'm doing this. As soon as I was pregnant, I was like, I can't wait to have this baby like I'm yeah. so so excited like and there's nothing really that I'm nervous about yet either like I'm just I'm so excited and just I we often laugh we're like if you had said to me <laughs> even five years ago that I would be sitting pregnant I would have been like bullshit no yeah. I am certainly not like yeah so it's just yeah yeah but definitely that thought I suppose has changed Hmm. And Sam, I just want to say like through everything that you've gone through, like honestly, your resilience is just, you know, it's strength for me as well. And I think just to sort of go through that and just having the change of mindset and being the one who really wanted to carry this pregnancy and birth a baby, that takes a lot um, to sort of overcome. And I really like admire both of your relationship to have to go through this because I really think it takes a special couple. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I just feel like I just like listening to, yeah, I just, um yeah, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. It's, it's been a very crazy journey. Um, but I don't know I, anybody else that would take it like you have, like you just, you just take it in your stride like like I'll be like oh, I'm so scared so I'll be like but why like it is what it is like obviously yeah. I'm scared too but whatever we just keep but going on and I'm like how are you yeah. like this mm. to be honest I don't know why in the way but <laughs> it's what do I do like it's yeah it's obviously the whole journey it's been really emotional um and you know taxing on my body yeah. and you know financial everything mm. um but I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't disappointed Heck in yeah, still course. not being able to carry a baby. Um, and I think as well with with the whole thyroid thing, like I had to have um, radioactive treatment as well and they basically said you can't have a baby within yeah. 12 months, you can't get pregnant, you can't breastfeed. Um, so even if I wanted to, you know, mm. do that still, I'd have to wait another 12 months. Um, yeah. And I mean, who knows? We we might have more kids, um, and I might be able to do it then. But obviously, yeah. disappointing. But so happy in the whole um, outcome. Obviously, yeah. like it's mm. yeah, it's been crazy. But what but a journey to get there! Are, I know. Like, mm. I couldn't have asked for a better no, person no. to do it. That's yeah. for sure. Aww. <laughs> 
Guys, come on. Let me to Chloe about the podcast. <laughs> so we would love to have you both on for a part two of um like post birth. I want to hear. That's that. fine. We, don't worry Sam's about coming to your computer. Yeah. We'll just come to your house. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being on our podcast today. We we think this talk chat has been so valuable, and hopefully <gasps> our listeners will as well. And just like overcoming adversity, or just like facing it, like standing up and facing adversity, like right up close and go okay well yeah come you know, at me adversity come at me adversity <laughs> yeah. focus on the things you should do yeah thank you so much no thank no you worries. thank you we love the chat thanks for listening to this week's episode if you liked it leave us a review and follow us on socials we'd love to hear from you